What is going on, Diesel Nation? Today is a, an, an episode we have, we've never done on the Diesel Podcast, over 150 plus episodes. And that's talking about which used diesel truck to buy, what to look for, things to run away from, and just go through all the different things, not so much from a performance standpoint, but from investing thousands of dollars into a truck. So we're going to be talking to Zach from Midmo Diesel. He has a, a dealership that deals almost exclusively with diesel trucks. And we're just going to ask him about all the year ranges, different motors, tons of different things. So you guys, when you're out there looking either at a dealership or a private sale, know some things to look for quick and easy right there on the spot so you don't buy someone else's headache. Before we get to it, though, we want to thank a couple of our sponsors for making episodes like this possible. And they also go in line with what the topic is about, which is what parts can fail and what can you do to upgrade them. So the first is Diesel Doctor of Tennessee. Those guys offer remanufactured, rebuilt engines to better than factory specs for Cummins, Duramax, and Power Stroke. So as we go through this episode and we're talking about, say, a 6.0 or 6.4 or 5.9 or LLY, that's what their bread and butter is, is to make sure if you do have an engine failure that you get something better than stock that's going to last you for hundreds of thousands of miles, if not longer. Go to diesel911.com. You can see pricing. You can even do a custom build request. If you do want to make 1,000, 1,500, 1,800 horsepower, they can set you up on that. The other is ATS Diesel. And ATS Diesel has drop-in turbo kits for basically every truck for the last 18 years. So if you do find a truck and it does need a turbo, whether it's an 11 to 14, 6, 7 power stroke, or it's a 03 to 0759, or anything in between, they've got them. Go to atsdiesel.com, or you can call them at 866-209-3695, and you can find a stock replacement turbo that's better, that has a warranty, that can handle, say, a small tune, or you know, small injector upgrade, something like that, better than the factory turbo. The other sponsor that, that we want to give a shout out to is Precision Industries. And in this topic today of looking at used diesel trucks, transmission failures are going to be part of some of the models. And the most common one's going to be Dodge, maybe some of the early Fords, or if you're cranking some power out of a Duramax, uh, it's going to be the Allison Converter. And Precision Industries has been building these things since the very start. They've just they've stayed on top of quality manufacturing being able to build parts in-house being able to build a converter you need for your application so we understand not every diesel owner out there is looking to make 2,000 or 2,500 horsepower that's majority of you guys are looking to tow a trailer better get better fuel economy have better response so make sure you go to converter.com check out what precision industries has and if you have questions just give them a call they've got a very knowledgeable friendly sales tech staff over there they can answer any questions you got all right let's get to the ultimate used diesel truck buyer guide this is Corey willis with pbi and you're listening to the diesel podcast i'm adam blattenberg from diesel world hi i'm clint cannon from ats this is dan owner of dan's diesel performance i'm dimitri from no zone diesel i'm Cass from diesel doctor of tennessee and you're listening to the diesel podcast zach i'm excited to have you on the the podcast today how you doing Doing good. It's hard to be on the podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. We I wanted to, before we jump into truck talk is we do check iTunes all the time, and, and I ask listeners if there's someone you want to hear from or a topic you want to hear about, you know, let us know. And, and we got a recommendation to have you on to talk about 
diesel trucks and specifically if you're new to diesel or you're in the market for one what to look for and you guys see like hundreds a year i've seen thousands yep. you know over time and and i think this is a really important topic for our listeners because we read or hear or see these topics of we'll do a 15k truck build or a 20k truck build or 25k truck build and the thing is is what are you putting that 10 to 15 to 20 to twenty-five thousand dollars into and we we want to make sure, especially for people who are new into diesel, is it's not just about how to spend $25,000 on parts. It's about getting a good platform that's good for you and your uses. And that's why we wanted to have you on today to talk to us, and you're the expert on it. And I'm just going to kind of create a, a situation that we hear from with our listeners all the time is, I've never owned a diesel, I really like them, and we're going to go through Ford, GM, and Dodge, and I'm just going to grill you with questions on what you guys see and all those sorts of things. Absolutely. Yep, they're cool. Why wouldn't you want a diesel? <laughs> to start, tell us a little bit you know, about yourself, your business, and what you guys do. Yeah, we're a small pre-owned truck dealership in central Missouri. We mainly just buy, fix up, and sell almost exclusively diesel trucks. Uh, we've been at it about eight years now. Um, got into it. We were I was into fast cars and stuff when I was younger, and one of my buddies had a 04 LB7 at blue smoke and whistled and you know, thought it was about the coolest thing in the world so started buying a couple they made some money and it's kind of just growing from there so you guys are in an area you know for all of us diesel enthusiasts and yourself included I mean, when we think of diesel it is missouri it's illinois it's indiana it's ohio it's you're right in the the center of it all so i'm sure you guys see tons of trucks yep we uh there's a lot of farmers here that buy trucks there's of course a lot of younger kids that want to get into a diesel and you know i thinking that's kind of what we could help them out with is was buying one that they can start putting money into modifying instead of just fixing everything that's already broken. For sure. And that's where, that's where I wanted to start is say, you know, say uh, someone's interested in, in a Cummins platform. They don't know what year range. Yep. But we're going to start, say, with like a 94 to 98 12 valve. And, you know, you see a truck. What do you look for when you get one or, or you're looking at, at buying one? What are some common issues or things that you guys check out to know, hey, this is a good truck for us to be able to to be able to offer our customers or oh, we need to pass on this one? Well, the first thing on those is going to be just body condition. I mean, it's getting hard to find one of those. It's not going to be just completely rusted to the ground, and you're going to have to replace everything except for motor parts. Um, injectors are cheap on those. Most of the parts for them are cheap. Uh, you know, they've got the killer dowel pin thing, and, the 98-and-a-half, or I think it was 98-and-a-half to 99, the 53 blocks, we basically completely avoid those, uh, get a crack in the side of the block, and that's going to that's gonna set you back big time. Um, transmissions at that time were not good. Uh, they've come a long way since then. Dodge still doesn't have the best transmissions, but I would definitely be leery of any automatic in that age. Um, they didn't come with a lot of power from the factory, so... Unless somebody's really screwed with it, which we try to avoid heavily modified anyway because you don't know what you're getting into. Um, oh, you know, check yeah. blow-by, make sure the rings are all good. Um, you know, just typical stuff like that. Look for, well, they're going to smoke, but white smoke at idle is not good. Um, things like that. What's a good way to check for, for blow-by? Like if someone's just, you know, out there looking or something like that, is it just... Yeah, yeah. Pop. So on a common, you should really have next to no blow-by. Um, you take that cap off. You know, just a little bit of steam coming out is fine. If you've got pressure popping out of there, turn the uh, the oil fill cap upside down, 
set it on there. If it's dancing around, probably avoid that one. You could be talking piston rings. Um, if it's bad enough, you could be talking, you know, cracked pistons. The, those trucks had good pistons, but they're getting so old now that, you know, if somebody hasn't changed the oil enough, the uh, cylinder walls aren't going to look very good, and you're going to be losing compression, and it's not where you want to start. Yeah, I've heard or uh, read some things where, or actually, I've you know, even seen videos where guys have done that, and they put it on YouTube or something like that, and it's dancing all around, or it's just, you can hold your hand above the oil cap, and it's just collecting collecting oil on it. And yeah, Yep, that's not good. <laughs> See how it could quickly turn into a you know, buying an engine and yep yep. You know. Good thing about those, like I said, the parts are cheap. If you run into problems, they can be had cheap. They can be put together cheap, and I mean they're they're easy to work on. You know, you can actually work on those with a wrench. There's not a computer and all that stuff to worry about. So, and once you get past the 53 block, so we're moving into the the VP trucks. The the perception that that people might read about or friends might tell them is. Oh, the injection pump is horrible. It's going to go out on you. You know, what is there? Is there ways you can kind of check that on a test drive or just being on a lot and looking at something? Well, when I'm looking at any kind of a pump, I'm looking for any kind of hard starting issues, smoke at idle, hesitation, you know, that kind of thing. If it's falling on its face, um, things like that can be a good indication that the pump's getting weak. Um, we're not quite as familiar with the VP44 trucks as we are some of the other ones, but. Yeah, that's what I'd be looking for is just basically stumbling, hesitation, smoke, hard starting. Any of that stuff's going to probably be pointing towards some sort of a fuel issue. Well, one of the things that uh, I've talked with a lot of a lot of manufacturers about, and even some of our listeners have messaged, messaged us about, that I wanted to mention on the VP44 trucks is like sometimes guys, will they own one or they're looking at one and they get it up to fourth gear and it'll shuttle shift between third and fourth and they think, oh, the transmission's oh, yeah. going out, but... It could be the the signal issue with the PCM, and there's cheap fixes out there from different companies. Yeah. Like ETS has this. even went up into the you know into the earlier 48. You'd be driving down the road, and it just feels like it's just hunting and hunting. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, like you said, there's easy ways to fix it. It's just kind of the nature of that transmission. You know, it's not a really computerly computer controlled transmission so much as the newer ones. Um, so it's got bands and stuff that have to figure out what to do with your driving habits and stuff. So. I just thought of this question, and I think it's going to fit like the 94 to 07 truck, so any of them with the four speeds, is how do you know when you're test driving a truck if the transmission smoked? I mean, short of it not moving, what are some things you can you, you see or feel driving it? Um, hard shift, um, slipping. I've, I've had some that slip really bad. Um, we've had some that will still move while they're cold. Make sure you get a truck up to temperature before you buy it. Um, we've had ones that are cold. They'll move just fine. You get them up to temperature, and they'll barely get out of their own way. Won't come out of second gear. Um, like you said, the shuttle shift isn't necessarily an indication of a bad transmission. But if you're slamming into gears and slipping between, look for a flare. You know, if you're on the gas pretty heavy, and uh, it's flaring up between shifts, going up in RPMs, but your speed's not going up, that's a bad indication that you've got a, at least a few smoke clutches in there. Um, they do have the band you can adjust that can help that out some, but. Basically, if I was buying anything with an older 48RE, I would just go ahead and start saving. That's that's good advice. Pretty much on any of the Dodge transmissions, it's, it's yep. start saving. <laughs> I think what's become the, the holy grail, so to speak, of getting into diesel, or even people who have owned diesels forever, it's the 03 to 07 common rails. And oh, yeah. Yep. That's kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to just get your opinion on them what you see, um, what are, you know, maybe some things that change to look for 
you know, from the earlier ones where you don't have to do it on the common rails, but new stuff pops up where you'd advise people to check it out. Yeah. So once again, blow by. We don't want any blow by on those trucks. Um, we actually had a there for a while. I think it was oh four and a half, oh five motor. For some reason, we were seeing more blow by out of those than anything. So if I was buying an oh four and a half, oh five, I would definitely watch for blow by. Um, injectors do go bad on those trucks. Uh, the good thing is it's a Cummins. You know, you've only got six injectors to worry about instead of eight. Um, they're not that bad to do. If you have a limited mechanical knowledge, you can change them out yourself. Um, as far as the injectors, I'd be looking for haze at idle. Um, a really heavy diesel smell. They're all going to smell kind of like diesel. Uh, diesel fuel in the oil. Um, hard starts. Um, kind of like any kind of a knock or tick can indicate, you know, that injector is hanging open. And uh, it's not a big deal if you catch it in time. If you get one that needs injectors, as long as the price reflects that, it's not a big deal. We put a lot of injectors in. But if you let it go too long, then you can get into the area of one injector is too loose, letting too much fuel into the cylinder, and eventually you're going to melt the cylinder down. Either melt the piston, screw up the cylinder wall, things like that. Um, going back to transmissions again, on these trucks, we've seen a whole bunch of the the shift solenoid that they replaced with the board warner with the Duramax unit. Yeah. Those have, we've seen a bunch of those go bad, and it might make you think there's a bad transmission because it'll either just hang in one gear or won't shift right. But that that's not too big of an issue. Drop the pan, you know, put a different solenoid in it, and filter, and you're down the road. Um, other than that, on those trucks, once again, front ends, it's it's gonna it's gonna wear out sooner rather than later, probably. Um, I would avoid anything you know that's been too seriously modified. Again, we like to start with. Something you know, just a tune and exhaust is all right. Um, those years were really bad for rusting around the fender wells and that kind of thing. Um, the tip-ums, that's when that started coming into play. Kind of was a totally integrated powertrain module, uh, basically the brain of the whole truck. Those would fry, and you'd get weird things like headlights not turning off or on, blinkers coming on when they shouldn't, fuel pumps running after you turn the truck off, um, certain codes. And that's kind of an expensive fix. Dodge did a really, really bad design there. Once a, a tip-em sees too high of a voltage for too long, it permanently shuts that circuit off. So then you have to go to Dodge, get a new tip-em, have them program it. You're looking at over a thousand bucks a lot of times on those trucks. Wow. That's one of the main issues we've had with those. That and injectors, which, like I said, injectors isn't as big of a deal as they are on a V8 diesel. They're easy to get to. Only six of them. Not the end of the world. I think you, you know with looking around and I I'm, I'm still I'm kind of in that that I'm not a definite buyer right now because I'm so unsure you know but we go we look at the new trucks and we're like man they're really nice they have all the creature comforts and the price tag seventy three thousand dollars yeah or you know and I've got all these things I've got to worry about or I look at an older truck and I always kind of gravitate towards that 03 to 07 and it's a trade-off and our listeners out there that are interested they'll know as you get this great engine Transmissions can be upgraded to whatever you want. You have to sacrifice a little bit. And hold anything as long as you've got the money to put in them. Yep, yep. And the tough part is a lot of people know that and a lot of people modify them. And I'm sure you have tons of stories that you could tell, but it's cool to have the comp. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just got an aftermarket turbo and it's, you know, and then that leads to these injectors and these other things and it's just you've, Unless you know the the buyer personally, or can really talk to them, and they've got receipts and they can explain it, yeah, some good paperwork. Um, 
And that's what I wanted to ask you is, have you had those situations where you come across a truck and you have all the paperwork and it's just guy wants to move on from the truck and you're like, okay, we're going to, we can, we can sell this truck. Yeah. Yeah. We've also had people give us forged paperwork. So it's not a bad idea to call the shop that <laughs> the paperwork's from. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, on those older trucks, most of the issues we see in some way, shape or form stem from some sort of modification that the owner's done. Um, those trucks are older. They're a little cheaper now. So people think, you know, get in, get into a cheap younger person and, uh, modify themselves and they hear on the forums or something, do this and do that. And they try it and you can really mess stuff up, stuff up if you don't do it correctly. Yeah, I wanted to jump in, not necessarily to the fourth gen trucks, but say to the, the, the third gen six sevens. And we, we all know they came with DPFs and EGRs and, you know, say you find, you know, a, a, a nice one. It, it, it looks clean. There's no rust on it. And it's got every, it's stock. So it's not modified or anything. What are things that, that you look for on those trucks that is going to be entirely different than any of the other Dodge Ram trucks that we've talked about? Okay. So for the first year, you're going to have, you know, EGR DPS. Um, the DPS filters, they plug up. It, it happens, uh, especially in higher mileage units, you know. The EPA kind of said, by this time, you have to have this stuff ready to go. And uh, I don't think the engineers were really quite ready to roll that package out, but they kind of were forced to ahead of time. So you're going to have DPF problems eventually. It's sooner rather than later. Um, not a big deal. If you want to delete it, go ahead and delete it. Those ones are they're pretty cheap to do. Um, another thing you're going to see on those is first year for the VGT turbos. Great. You get the engine brake. You know, you get a quick spool up. Uh, those turbos, they perform fairly well, but here lately we have seen so many actuator failures and turbos gumming up, and, you know, that's a pretty involved fix. Um, you know, if you're real laggy and smoky, that probably means you're, you know, VGT is acting up. There's certain codes that uh, lost communication with turbocharger. Watch for that one. Um, what happens is once the turbo, the unison ring and the vanes and everything gum up, the actuator tries too hard to push it and then uh, draw too much amps, and it blows that out. Um, other than that, once again, we got a new transmission, 68 RFE. Um, in our experience, that transmission, contrary to what some people would believe, has been excellent in stock form. That's the key. Um, as soon as you go throwing power to 68, you're, you're going to start having problems. Um, they just, they're just not built to handle much over stock, really. I'm really glad you mentioned that because... We talk a lot about performance, and it's about, oh, 68s are horrible. They're the worst transmission Dodge has ever put in a truck. However, and it goes back 10 years to when these trucks, this platform came out, this new engine transmission, is I can't remember a lot of people with stock trucks that had 68 RFE failures. You know, we have seen very, very few of them. I, I figured, you know, I'd probably get some laughs when I said I kind of like the 68 RFE transmission, but we've had such good luck with them compared to the 48, 47s. Like I said, in stock form or with a small tune. We, I've had almost no failures out of those. Um, they shift a lot better than a 48 just for everyday driving, for towing. You know, you got the turbo brake, you got the six-speed transmission. It shifts good. It's computer-controlled. Um, but, yeah, if, you, if you're buying one, thinking you're going to do a lot to it, I'd maybe try and steer you towards a G56 transmission instead. Um, that being said, even the G56 in those trucks is only good for about, the clutch is only good for about 60 horsepower over stock. 
So after that, you're going to be upgrading clutches, but it's still a lot cheaper than a built transmission. And we all know a built 68 still isn't that great. So One nice thing about the, the 6, 7, third gens is, and I mean, it goes to current, is how advanced the electronics are. So like if the DPF's clogged, you're going to know it when you first sit in that truck. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> or if the turbos. Area, you're getting into the era that there's enough computer stuff on the vehicle. Bring a scanner with you when you look at the truck. It's going to tell you a lot of what's wrong with it and a lot of what it needs. Um, another issue on those trucks, uh, if they've been tuned much, head gasket failure. Uh, weren't used to that on the 5.9. I don't remember the last 5.9 head gasket failure I saw. But the 6.7, it's pretty common, especially if you have a lot of timing, a lot of fuel down low in the RPM range. That turbo spools a lot quicker, and they're going to bust heads. Is the thing to look for when you first see a truck is either the overflow tank bubbling or there's coolant splatter? You know what I've noticed? Look for marker marks on the coolant tank, as dumb as that sounds. <laughs> People mark the coolant level with a permanent marker when they think they're starting to have problems. Then you go look at it, and it's four inches below that. Uh, have you been losing coolant? No, no, no. Looks That's like interesting. That's interesting. I never yep. thought to look for that. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often that works out for you. Wow. Wow. People are going to so, tell them themselves when you're looking at trucks. <laughs> so say say I go to your business, and I'm like, hey, Zach, I really want a Cummins. I'm not I'm not racing, and I'm not turning it into a competition truck. I want something that is going to be reliable. I'm going to have lower maintenance costs. I might maybe do a little bit to it, but I'm going to be using it for work. Um, I don't want to invest a lot of money up front. What generation would you p- not push me towards, but suggest, hey, you really need to look at this. This is going to meet your goals. Well, our best seller, and honestly, at this point, my favorite truck is the fourth gen Rams. That being said, they are more expensive. Um, you know, if you're looking at a 200, 250,000 mile crew cab SLT, you can get them down there. If, you, if you're looking hard, you can find one maybe just under 20. They might be few and far between, but you can find them. Um, just the, the cabin interior on those trucks is so much nicer. But you can also find 5.9s quite a bit cheaper than that. Um, and like I said, outside of the transmission, you're not going to be looking at many problems on 5.9. I'd, I'd feel pretty safe steering you towards one of those. Um, you know, the body isn't the greatest on them, but they're cheap. They get the job done. They accept the modifications outside the transmission. Um, and... You know, what I like about the Cummins, you can work on them yourself. There's room under the hood. You know, it's not an LML Duramax where you can't get in there at all or a 6.7 power stroke where you have to tear the cab off to do up pipes. So I'd probably steer you towards either a 5.9 that hasn't been severely abused. Or, honestly, I'm a bigger fan of the 6.7 Cummins. I just like the way they run better. I I like the way they sound better. Um, We've had better luck with them overall. But like I said, just watch for the head gaskets, especially if there's a tuner on it, and especially if a younger guy's been driving it around. If you don't let those trucks warm up enough before you turn up the timing and the fuel, it, it's going to blow a head gasket. Um, and then, yeah, the turbo codes. Watch for turbo codes. Lost communication with turbocharger, definitely a big one. So, I've, The Cummins platform overall, all the years are pretty good, really, outside of transmissions, <laughs> of course. Yeah, and you know, even if it if it needs a little body work, that's why there's body shops and there's there's things exactly. like that, which you know. At least and, body work, you can see it when you show yeah. up. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> that's true. It's kind of a different story if you don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> I don't want to leave the GM guys out, so we're going to switch over to the Duramax platform. Yeah, that's, which that's how I got into this business was Duramaxes. We were all <laughs> Duramaxes all the time for a, a long while. I didn't really. 
I started with Cummins when I when I got into diesel performance. I did own an LMM, and it was something when I drove it, I loved it. It, it was just it rode nice. The, the the comforts inside of it were were really cool. The features, and you know, like those things, we could you know you can see on an LB7 or an LOY or LBZ, but what are things you look for in those pre-emissions Duramax trucks or pre-DPF trucks, I should say? Yeah, sure. When yeah, you're like I, said, I consider D-Max was kind of our specialty for a while. Um, we used to do a lot of LB7s. We've kind of gotten away from them a little bit just because they're getting a little older now. Um, everybody knows the number one thing, injectors on, on an LB7. Yeah. You need to get <laughs> some kind of a scanner that can read your balance rates, um, which balance rates don't tell the whole story. Uh, when you're checking balance rates, be sure to check them at operating temperature in park. Some people try checking it when it's cold, and they're going to be all over the place. So at operating temperature, you should be within positive or negative four on all the injectors. If they're outside of that, plan on probably replacing unless you've got some sort of a crazy regulator issue. Um, look for a haze at idle that will smell heavily of diesel. Basically, the injector nozzles are worn out, and they're letting too much diesel by. Um, another thing to look for that we've seen is a lot of fuel in the oil. We've done oil changes on Duramaxes that hold two and a half gallons, and there's four gallons of oil in there. Bad sign. Um, once again, not the end of the world on those, but that's that's like a that's like a 16 to 20 hour job for people that are good at it. People that like me that aren't a certified mechanic, that's like a 25 hour job. So that's a big one. Um, other than that, we're we're starting to see some more head gasket issues with the older LB7s. I mean, they're just getting some miles on them. You know, lack of maintenance. People tuning them up, running them hard. So we're, we're starting to see some more head gaskets on those. Uh, the pistons are really good in those trucks. Um, the fixed turbo is good. you got no emissions. you got no VGT turbo to start acting up on you. They're a really simple platform. I, I still really like those trucks, and they're, they're probably the best-sounding Duramax out there. The simplicity of them is what's so appealing to a lot of It is. A lot, a lot of, of people. people that build trucks end up going with the LB7 just because it's a lot easier to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you, like, say on an LB7, or, I mean, really, it's going to be any of the trucks we talk about, but I know it varies a little bit, but say on the Duramaxes, how many miles would be too many where you'd say, yeah, it might look okay, but I know something's coming around the corner. I might not know what it is, but what's too what's too many miles? Oh, that's, that's a really hard question to answer because <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. Modifications, maintenance, use, all comes into play big time there. We've, we've had them with 450,000, 500,000 stock motor. Um, of course, that's probably been through three sets of injectors, but uh, anything over three hundred thousand, and you can get them pretty cheap. But you, you better have a little bit saved back because you're just gonna, at that point, all kinds of stuff's gonna start happening to any vehicle. Really, um, you're gonna do a water pump, which is not fun on those. Um, you know, the glow plugs, which is simple. Um, things like that. The front end's gonna, the front ends on Chevys, we all know, aren't the greatest. They do ride pretty good, but you're going to be doing ball joints and tie rods and all that stuff. Um, other than that, that's a, LB7 is a good platform. I still like those trucks. Does a lot change with the LLY and LBZs as far as things to look for? Yeah, well, LLY, the, the bastard child of the Duramax family. <laughs> I, uh, some people like them. That, that is by far my least favorite. Maybe I just had bad luck, but, man, I just do not like the way those trucks are set up. They do have the biggest turbo out of any of the Duramaxes if you're looking to, you know, start pushing some power. But save your pennies up because LOI is going to be head gasket time. Um, they've got 
the little small intake horn that restricts flow into the turbo. And they've got the first EGR system outside of the California LB7s. Um, so the EGR system at that point was new. wasn't very good. So you're going to create a lot of heat. Those trucks are known for overheating. They're known for popping head gaskets. Um, they've still got the five-speed Allison in them. Excellent transmission. Um, there, a lot of those trucks had a, a really simple little dumb fix that we've done a few times called the ice pick trick. I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't. Well, the, the injector wiring harness on those trucks was crappy, and the, they would rub through right where it goes into the injector, and the wires would touch, ground out, and it will run horribly. You'll think that the motor's about to come out of it. Take an ice pick, shove it down between there, separate the two wires, runs perfect again. Oh, wow. That yep. is a few. <laughs> That's we, we've seen a few of those dumb little fixes that <laughs> they work. <laughs> but on yeah, as far as head gaskets on those, um, main thing to do, check your coolant, your, your radiator, upper radiator hose pressure. A little pressure on a hot day is okay. You know, it should be firm. But if it's rock hard and you cannot press that thing at all with, like, three fingers, two fingers, you've probably got a head gasket issue. If you're seeing white smoke, probably a head gasket issue. Um, the injectors in those trucks work quite a bit better, but a head gasket job is more expensive. I'd still go, I'd say LB7 over LOI for sure. I notice you haven't really brought up the transmission on either the LB7s or LOI. or probably I never have to worry about them, so... <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, I think that was that was one of the biggest differences I noticed going from a Ram to a, a, a GM product was the Allison was just the the way it behaved was just so nice the way it shifted. Um, yeah, they're they're excellent transmissions. They're adaptive transmissions, like you said. They're smooth. Once they mm-hmm. learn how you drive, you can hardly feel them shift. They they. They'll go. The Allison transmission will go just as long as the Duramax motor in most cases. Uh, we we love those transmissions. We've had very very few issues out of them. Um, had a couple wiring harnesses that were messed up, a couple bad TCMs, and that's about it on those. Um, at higher horsepower levels, of course, you can start slipping them, but that's anything. On the LBZs, so they probably don't have the head gasket issues like the LLYs. But what what changed on the 0607 LBZs that you look for when you're oh, the trying LBZ. to find? Everybody's mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, the, the prices on those trucks there for a while, I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around them. And I guess that'd be the, the negative. Is I don't care if it's got 220,000, 250,000 miles. You're going to pay up for it. Um, honestly, not many issues on those trucks. Um, that's probably the one model that we've owned more of than anything else. Um, common issues, they're cheap. Glow plugs, common. EGR, common. Um, just little stuff like that. Um, we've had a couple where the the VGT turbo vanes were froze up on them, um, but also that that can be confused with the TVPS sensor, the turbo vane sensor. Those go bad fairly often. I've replaced probably 20 or 30 of those. Uh, it's like a hundred dollar part, not a big deal. So yeah, glow plugs, EGR, and uh, vane position sensors. Basically, uh, I'll take that over most. Oh yeah, and you get the you get the six speed. Yeah, yeah, see, I forgot about the transmission again. Yeah, that, that transmission is a very nice transmission. It'll hold just a little bit more power than the five-speed wheel. Uh, drops your RPMs on the highway. Um, the head gaskets were updated. They realized they had a problem with the LOI. Um, LOI and LBZ, the injectors, are external and much more reliable. So that's really not a point of concern for us so much on those. 
Um, if you do have a bad injector, it's, you know, 300 bucks in 30 minutes of your time. You can have one injector changed out and be back down the road. I think one of the things that has appealed so much, even as, you know, a truck buyer is, okay, I can get the six-speed. I get, you know, pretty much the, the same motor as an LMM, but I don't have a DPF on it, so I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, it's just I, I can do more with it than once, you know, like the LMM, LMLs, just right off right off the get-go. I don't have to worry about a DPF. And yeah, I think that's valuable to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that that's... That's that's what I think the market reflects as well, and it, I know it does with the five nines, and it's just like, man, you can get pretty much the same stock power, but without all this other stuff, and yep. and it drives the price up. We get into the crawling down your back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And once we get into the LMM and LMLs, is there one you like more than the other? LMM. Well, I say that I like both those trucks. Um, People don't realize, most people don't realize, the LMM is essentially the same motor as the LBZ. Basically the exact same. There's a few little small differences. I don't even exactly remember what they are um, besides the DPS filter. If you're planning on deleting anyway and you like the new body style, go with the new body style. If you like the old body style, go with the LBZ. They're both at this point running about the same money for comparable trucks. Um, one thing non-motor related, the LMMs show rust on the fender wells where you can see it a little bit better than the LBZs where they show it in the rockers. Um, I've heard of some fuel dilution issues causing bottom end bearing issues on LMMs, but I haven't personally seen much of it. We don't see a lot of blow-by on those trucks. We don't see a lot of bottom end knocks. Really, the Duramax platform altogether, we don't see a lot of bottom end issues unless you're really running them. Um, yeah, the LMM, it's, it's, in my opinion, a little bit nicer body. Uh, I might be biased. My personal truck for five years was an 08. Um, other than that, get rid of the DPS and you've got you an LBZ. That's when I was looking to get a Duramax. I gravitated towards the LMM because of the body. Just the I body, just, yep. <laughs> I just liked it more. I liked the styling more, uh, the interior. And I knew it was pretty much just like an LBZ motor, but in a different body. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looks similar even to the LML, so the average person can't look at it and know you're driving a 15-year-old truck. Yeah, it has that, that modern styling to it that I think people people really like. And again, the LMLs, I think we hear most about the uh, the injection pump or, or issues oh, yeah, that the early ones can have. And what Do you see a ton of those? A ton. Um, I feel like that problem is actually kind of downplayed a little bit. The LML is, is a great platform. Um, you get the piezoelectric injectors that'll support a lot of power. Uh, you got not really a built Allison, but kind of a built Allison in those trucks. Uh, bigger torque converter and all that stuff. Really nice trucks, heated and cooled seats. I mean, sky's the limit on them. But yeah, we've been seeing a lot of injection pump failures. Um, it, it's not enough to shy me away from them. Um, the dealership is going to charge you eight to ten thousand bucks if you have a cp4 failure what happens is those pumps have a lot tighter tolerances than the old cp3 you get bad fuel you get any water in your fuel starve them for fuel and uh, they're going to come apart and send metal through all eight injectors fuel lines fuel rails filter sensors tank um yeah the last one we did we just went ahead and pulled the cab pulled all the injectors rails pump fuel tank cleaned everything out put it back together 
that being said, I'm still not scared of them. If you get one that has a PO191 code, run the other way because uh, she's ready to go. Hard starting issues on those. We've had a few that uh, had CP4 failure. They'd still run fine. They'd start cold fine. But once they were hot, they wouldn't start back up. Or you get on the road and try and hold rail pressure, and they wouldn't hold rail pressure. They'd start trying to die out on you. Um, if you get one that, that hasn't happened on yet, my number one recommendation to everybody who buys one of those trucks, put a lift pump on it immediately. Uh, you'll save 99% of your headaches if you just put a lift pump on immediately. If you can afford a CP3 conversion, go for it. A lot of people can't. Just do a lift pump, and you'll, you'll save yourself a lot of trouble, trust me. I think you hit the nail on the head with when like we get questions on Instagram or Facebook or email and it, it they're very general and they're like I like Duramax trucks which one should I get and which one should I stay away from and it's why it's so great to chat with you about these different platforms because you see them all it's it's obviously a passion that you have for them and you're an owner of them but it's also a business for you and you need to make sure that the product you're putting out there for a consumer they know about you know about and you see so many things that we may not read about, we may not hear about or see on YouTube. It's not talked about. It's just like, hey, how do I make 1,500 horsepower or how do I make 900 horsepower? But there's a lot that comes before it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you brought up the, the number one talking point on any of the diesel forms, which Duramax is best. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then everybody just pushes whichever one they have. Uh, yeah, like I said, I still like the LMLs. Um, I've seen a few people on the forums try and say that there's only like a seven percent failure rate and i think what they mean by that is under warranty because i think within a quarter million miles on these trucks you're going to see more like a 30 or 40 percent failure rate on cp4s can't forget about about the ford guys out there we got a ton of listeners that love uh love their power strokes I kind of want to start at, at, I think, where most people look. You know, I, I, I know the, the 94 to 97s, the, the OBS style, people love them. But I really wanted to start with, like, the 99 and a half to 03s, and then just we go through the 6-liter and 6-4s and 6-7s. Sounds good, yeah. We, we didn't really buy a whole lot of the, the you know, pre-turbo 7-3s or anything like that. 7-3, uh, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's one of the best motors uh, that was ever made. It is. Uh, it'll go a very, very long time. You're not going to get anywhere very fast would be, I guess, one of the drawbacks to it. They're, uh, they're pretty slow trucks. Um, really, all we've seen that there's some pretty common glow plug issues. Um, injectors can be an issue, but they're, they're kind of in the realm of that 12 valve at this point. The parts are cheap. I mean, they're out there and they're cheap. The bottom end of that motor should last you a very long time. Um, I don't remember exactly which year now off the top of my head. There was a few years that had some some connecting rods they were a little bit weak they're fine in stock form but if you got to try and put a bigger turbo bigger injectors you can run into maybe squishing a rod or something um other than that yeah there's there's still people usually older guys that stop by my lot and that's the only thing they want to look at is seven threes do the bodies hold up well on them for the, the years that are yeah you know what i'd say better than the dodge and the chevy probably um they've got the rust issues i mean the rocker panels on those would rust out Something you don't see on a lot of the newer trucks, the front fenders on those would start rusting out. Um, other than that, I think it, it's a good platform. Like I said, if you're if you're wanting to build a race truck or something to go do burn ethane, it, it's probably not the one. But if you're looking to tow with it and treat it nice, they'll they'll go about forever. I, I think that's probably one of the main appeals of of that one is 
I, I have some family members who are diehard 7.3 fans, and that's all they'll ever drive, but they don't care about how fast they get there. They just want to tow something, do the speed limit, and they don't want to deal with anything newer because the 7.3 is very proven as far as lasting and and being pretty straightforward. I mean, it's there's not a lot of a lot of issues with them. And the transmissions hold up pretty well in stock form. In stock yeah, form, do. you know, there, there's still a place in this market for that truck. There is. Yeah. The six liters, I think, have it's almost the the most interesting kind of evolution of a diesel engine in one of these three brands. Yep. When I think back, because they came out, it was really cool, and then they got a bad rap for oil coolers, EGR coolers, turbos, head gaskets, and then injectors. injectors, And then the performance side really took off, and it's it's had a resurgence. And I think the aftermarket caught up. Not necessarily talking performance, but just different upgrades that are available for them where it's more reliable and say we're not getting into the performance side but you know you see a 0305 0607 is there much difference in when you're looking at a truck between the 0305 and the 0607 engines with the dowel pin change and everything like that and head gaskets that you see or is it all you can just put them all together and i kind of lump them all together honestly um the six liter it Best sounding motor out there, honestly. Uh, you put a straight puff on a six liter; those things sound mean. Um, you know they, 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 they got a bad rep, <laughs> and I don't think they're that bad of a truck. Uh, if you do some preventative maintenance ahead of time, get rid of the EGR cooler. You know, do a bulletproof oil cooler. Um, you can save yourself most of the headaches. Most of the guys that were blowing head gaskets had blown, you know, EGR coolers and oil coolers before that, and continu- continued to run them. Um, so you can avoid a lot of trouble if you do that off the bat. If you get one that's already done. There's a bonus. Um, injectors, I've noticed, have also been a problem on those trucks. Uh, one thing I like about those trucks, once they're fixed, you know, you, you stud them, you spend a little bit of money on them. They're a pretty good running truck, really. Um, you get decent mileage, decent power. You know, uh, they can be had fairly cheap, although we've noticed here lately that they've they've kind of had a little bit of resurgence in price, honestly. When you mentioned how great they sound, I think the loudest truck I've ever heard was a straight pipe six liter that like, that is loud <laughs> and the, the in talking with so many guests and just being involved in diesel for so long is Ford transmissions they in general there's not many issues with them versus like how we're talking about Dodge with you're going to need to upgrade this probably pretty soon or this is going to pop up is whether it's a 4 100 the, the 5 r 110 W and yeah they've sure really had really good transmissions Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I, I I think there definitely is a market for it. I think where the pricing is, the the pre DPF trucks, the aftermarket's definitely there for them. I, I think I think that market's definitely here to stay for a while. Yeah, that market's gonna stay. Like I said, you can you can get in you can get in a pretty nice truck, pretty cheap with lower miles. Fix a couple things, and you're good to go. And then yeah, you got that sound. <laughs> I know I know this next this next Power Stroke, your range. You probably have it as a whole podcast, but it kind of hits close to home because I remember when the six fours came out. I love the body, I love the fenders, I love the badging on it. It was common rail injection. I really wanted one. Cards didn't work out. I went with a different brand, and I just remember reading so much on forums. Hey, you throw this tune on here's 550, 600 horsepower, and it's like that's all I need to do for that. But now that they've been on the road longer. 
what do you see with six fours if you're trying to find a good one or just signs, hey, you need to run from this truck like right now? Finding a good one. Uh, <laughs> my, I, there's some people that probably wouldn't like it. My first suggestion would be run the other way from six fours. <laughs> like you said, they're, they're, they're a cool truck. They've got twin turbos on them. You can throw a tuner on there. And, you know, I remember when those Spartan tune came out. And mm-hmm. you're talking, yeah, close to 600 horsepower with a tuner. Well, they didn't really hold up to that. They'll, they're a fast truck for a little while. Um, what we've seen on those, which I'll say we've owned the least amount of those than any other truck, like by far, and we've also had by far the most issues and the most expensive issues. Um, I actually just had a friend the other day text me looking at a 6.4, want to know if I'd look at it with him, and I said, just don't buy it. Well, it's a really good deal. They don't end up that way, trust me. Um, the up pipes on those crack, so you get an exhaust leak back behind the motor. Cab's got to be pulled off to fix that, fifteen hundred bucks. Uh, the radiators leak. That's a you know that's five hundred dollar repair. Um, the turbos go bad. When one goes bad, it's best just to replace both. Uh, you'll notice that by they white smoke a lot. It seems like when turbos are going bad, and you can the squeal might sound a little different. Um, rocker arms come apart which they'll sound really ticky, and they could have a dead cylinder. Uh, head gaskets, of course, you know, if you're pumping 600 horsepower through a basically stock truck, you're going to lift the head eventually, especially with Ford's head bolt design. Yeah, I, I wouldn't buy one. We actually have a policy now. We don't sell them anymore. It's such a, I don't know, it was, it was such a, a different thing where, if I go back to that time, and it goes back to the power and what you could do for not a lot of money, oh, yeah. p- picking up a tuner, and here you go, where if you got a 5.9 or 6.7 Cummins, you're going to have to get into turbo and some other things in the transmission versus 6.4, you just buy a tuner, and there you go. And, if you want 600 horse out of an LBZ, look what all you got to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- there was something, and I know this goes for all the engines that we've talked about, but y- and you see it probably more than anyone, is but it's a good deal. And, you know, like it, with this, this episode that we're doing and talking with you, we're not talking about, Hey, how to build a 900 horsepower race truck or how to put these turbos on, but how, what's the relationship between you get this good sale price, but you got to pull the cab. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do all these other things where this $14,000 truck might turn into 20 very quick. Yeah. Very quickly. Here, here's my rundown on the six four. What to look for, and kind of what things are going to cost you if they're bad. Um, like I said, any kind of smoke out of those trucks is really not a good sign. Uh, they had a really bad problem also with washing out the number two and number eight cylinders, the ones that they dump extra fuel into to burn the DPF out. Um, then you'll get a miss. It, and these trucks can be kind of hard to judge too, because they're one of the only trucks out there that factory or blow by is just it's a thing from the factory. Um, those trucks have blow-by. They had looser rings because of the twin turbos. So they all have blow-by. But you can look on YouTube and see the difference, like, between normal blow-by and pumping stuff out of the breather. Um, other than that, I've seen quite a few valve train failures on them. I think they used some plastic piece in one of the rockers or something. You'll hear a tick on those, and uh, you'll also get a little miss. So that's, this motor gets hard because one, it can mean several different things. Radiator leaks are easy. You're going to see them. Um, the rocker issue is not really that expensive to fix. The radiator, it's not all that expensive to fix. The turbos, you're starting to get in some money. Like I said, Ford's procedure is just to replace both turbos. Uh, 
Um, I don't exactly know how much you're looking at, but I'd say at a dealer it could be seven grand, six, seven grand. Uh, independent shop, you could probably get it done for three or four thousand, maybe. Um, head gaskets, you know, you're kind of in the same boat as a six zero there. It's going to cost you, you know, at least four grand probably. Um, as far as that, bubbling in the coolant is really bad. If you have a scanner that can check the deltas between the coolant and the oil temperature, that's a pretty good indicator on those trucks. Um, those, those ones are just, they're hard to look at. It wasn't that long ago. Actually, the last one we bought, we, the kid had it. It was studded, deleted, bulletproof EGR cooler. Went to get it, didn't look it over as close as we should. Shined a flashlight in there. Yep, there's head studs. Took off. It turns out somebody had just head studded, cracked heads back onto the block. So, seven grand later, we had it back on the road. Wow. I think you might have shattered my dream of having a 6.4 or trying to find one so. at least. I, that was kind of my goal. <laughs> <laughs> if one thing comes from this, don't buy 6.4s. <laughs> so we, we get into we get into the 2011s, the 6.7 Power Stroke. And what do you see on the 11 to 14s? Massive upgrade, first of all. Huge upgrade. Um, those are nice trucks. One of the nicest interiors you'll get. Um Frame and front end wise, they're really stout. We don't do nearly as many uh, front end rebuilds on those. We have seen some bad turbos on the earlier six sevens. Um, a lot of times you can hear a squealing noise. If you're uh, down low in the boost range, you hear a squealing noise. That can either be turbo bearings. It can also be a manifold exhaust leak, which isn't a huge deal, but still somewhat expensive. Uh, once again, on those trucks, uh, the, the cab has come off for quite a bit. Um, they're not quite as bad as the 6.0s. We've got one apart in the shop right now, and I've got the cab on it. Um, good torque down low. Really solid trucks. I, I, I like those trucks a lot. We sell quite a few of them. Once again, the transmission's great on them. Um, emissions equipment can be a problem, but that's basically across the board. Um, so, yeah, the main thing I'd say to watch out for on those would be the turbos. Um, they do have just a touch more blow-by than like your older Cummins and Duramax. It, it's not like the 6.4, but they have just a little bit of blow-by from the factory. Uh, like I said, you can get on Facebook or YouTube and kind of see what's normal and what's not. Uh, overall, transmission's good. Body's good. Yeah, they. the bad thing about those trucks, they share something in common with the LML, the CP4. Um we, the one I've got in my shop torn apart right now is from a CP4 failure. They're not as common as on the LMLs because they have two filters and an in-tank pump. They do still happen. On those, a lot of times, when it happens, it's bad enough they just die. If they don't just die, they're going to be throwing in some codes, low rail pressure, uh, stuff like that. Smoke, maybe, if it's deleted. You know, if it's still got the DPF and urea intact, it's probably not going to smoke even if it's starting to go bad. So I'd watch for hard starting on that. I'd watch for losing rail pressure. But it seems to me like usually when those go, they go. Uh, the one we got in there right now, it's, it's full of metal shavings. So we're ripping everything out. And Once again, that's a eight $10,000 deal. So keep your fuel filters changed. Looking back on our, our conversation is one of the main themes is no matter what brand or year truck you buy, they're all going to have issues. And it's just a matter of 
potentially being able to identify up front if it's immediate or if it's down the road, and then also which one fits your your goals as a truck owner. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I used to be really Chevy loyal. I'm really not anymore. I like all the big three. Uh, they've all got their positive and negatives. Like you said, it's mechanical. Things are going to break. It's going to happen. But there's things you can do, like we've talked about, to kind of minimize your odds of having to put a motor or have to put head gaskets or a turbo on something. You know, we're not worried about you know, a ball joint here and there or a glow plug or something like that. We're just trying to get you to be able to avoid, you know, the big ticket items, head gaskets, turbos, bottom ends, transmissions, that kind of thing. Yeah, I wanted to chat with you about your dealership more. And I know a lot of people that are listening, they're they're in the market for trucks. We get the messages daily about it. Do you guys ship everywhere or do people have to go like right to your, your lot or how do you guys, say somebody from out of state wants a truck, how, how can you guys help them? We can arrange shipping. Um, most people, it seems to me, prefer to come look, even if they're coming from ways. We've, we've sold to people in Minnesota, Kentucky, uh, Michigan, Florida, Colorado. Um, we've sold trucks to most of the Midwest area. It seems like most people want to come look at it. I understand, you know, we sell used trucks. Come check it out for yourself. We'll be as honest as we can about everything we've got. Uh, that being said, we can we can arrange shipping. We can pick you up at the airport. Either way, and even if anybody just needs advice, they can call me and ask. You know, as far as, say, like right now, how many trucks do you have on the lot? We're standing at about, I think we've got like 16 right now. We're definitely not the biggest dealership in the world. Um, we've been moving through them pretty fast. Uh, for people that are shopping for trucks, I'll tell you that Right now, I think the the hardest one to buy is going to be your fourth-gen Cummins. Uh, we sell those like the last six-speed regular cab fourth-gen we had. We sold in four hours. And the one before that, we sold in two days. They're, they're, they're hard to find. Um, the Power Strokes seem reasonable. Duramaxes are kind of reasonable. So, I mean, pick your poison on those. It seems so hard to, to, find, to find them, and I think... One of the the stumbling blocks I've ran into is I can go on different sites and I can look at trucks and for sale by you know dealer or owner, but it's like I want to trust who I'm buying it from that they know they know what they're dealing with, and I think that's one of the biggest things and one of the the, the obstacles I've had through over time is just I find a truck it's out of state. I, it could be at a Honda dealership. Some guy traded it in because he wanted something different. They might not know what they have. Or hey, we buy what's a lot wrong of Honda dealerships. <laughs> and that's that's where I think you know the knowledge you've been able to offer us today, as you've seen all these trucks, you've seen tons of them. Is if people call you up or they stop by or they fly in, is you know what you're looking for on each year range or engine type, and I think that's really important. Yeah, one more little bit of advice I'd give people. Um, I've had people that are really scared of buying from dealers. I can understand that. Uh, in my experience, uh, I've had worse luck buying from individuals. Uh, they're more likely to try and screw you over. They've only got one vehicle. They're, you know, if something went wrong with it, they need to get rid of it. Just, just check your backstory on stuff when you buy something. Run a Carfax. We, we have accidentally bought trucks that, you know, we thought were low mileage, and it turns out they had 300,000 more miles. Uh, so just do, do your homework. People get really excited about, you know, wheels and tires, and it, it you know, got a tuner on it, and it runs good. Just just look into things a little more before you before you jump onto something. You know, a lot of dealers, 
don't exactly know very much about diesels. Uh, a lot of individuals don't. They might have done some backyard work on it, and you just you don't want to inherit somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's what I think the biggest thing is is just being able to know as much as you can about the truck or someone who's really knowledgeable looked it over and they can tell you hey this you know you're going to need to do this it's all right for now but you know this is going to pop up versus you know you spend thousands of dollars and then you're having to buy an engine yeah <laughs> not very long yeah, after yeah. i would i would highly recommend if you don't know that much about it you can use this advice a little bit but if you if you know somebody you know give them 50 bucks come along with you take a look at it What's the best way for our listeners if they they want to talk to you, they want to ask you questions, or they want to they want to see what you got available, or maybe have you keep your eye out for something? What's the best way to yeah, get in sure. contact with you? Uh, our Facebook page, you can find us Midmo Diesel LLC. Uh, we're out of Fulton, Missouri, about 20 minutes from Columbia. We've got Facebook and Instagram. That's both at Midmo Diesel. Um, my personal cell phone number is six six zero three four one zero six seven eight. And uh, even if you don't want to buy a truck from us, if you just got a question or two. We're pretty busy, but I'll try my best to get back to you and help you out if you got some questions. Uh, like I said, we've just we've seen, I'd say thousands of trucks, so we've probably seen it. I this is this has been one of my favorite episodes as is a diesel enthusiast. Well, is, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, it has because it's like it, to get this information is so hard, and I know your time's very valuable, and to talk with us for you know an hour is is a, a lot of expert advice that people could spend hours online trying to find out or watch videos for hours and um yeah we appreciate it and and sharing your knowledge and uh yeah well we'll have to sit back down here once these uh like l5p start to get older uh, and on, <laughs> see all the i'm other excited ones. about that that had me worried <laughs> yeah that's, i didn't know where that was going to lead the industry I'm, I'm i'm glad they cracked it even if they leave emissions intact so good day. Oh, yeah make it tons of power too with all the emission stuff on yeah Crazy. yeah well like some of the you guys you have some smart people on there Corey willis and i figured they'd get it eventually yeah no they they definitely did well that guy man like i said i appreciate your time today we'll definitely stay in touch and and we'll chat in the future when some of these current models get uh, a few years on them and, and see what you're seeing on them there we go i like where it's going so keep at it don't forget diesel fans make sure and check out diesel doctor if you need a Diesel engine, Cummins Duramax Power Stroke, go to diesel911.com. If you're looking for a turbo to replace a stock one on your Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke, atsdiesel.com. And what's going to happen eventually is you're going to need a transmission upgraded converter. And Precision Industries has you covered with a ton of different choices for 4100, 5R110, 68RFE, 48RE, Allison's, anything you got, they have it. Just go to converters.com. All right, till next time. Keep the shiny side up.